In this edition of Locked On Capitals, I talk about the injured players on the Capitals. What is the status of Tom Wilson, Nick Backstrom, TJ Oshie, and Alex Alexiev? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter, it's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter, it's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we will talk about Peter Laviolette. What is the status of of Peter Laviolette on the Washington Capitals. Suffice it to say, Brian McClellan was a little bit non-committal, shall we say, about the future of Peter on this team. We'll talk about that in the show. And then we will talk about the status of Tom Wilson. We will talk about the status of Nick Backstrom and TJ Oshie and Alexiev and Malenstein. We'll cover them all. But just to get going here, talking about your Washington Capitals in the myriad of injuries facing this Capitals team. Yes, there are a lot of injuries on the Capitals, and it's nothing new. It's nothing too novel. You see it all around the NHL. You see it all around all of sports, really. But for whatever reason, the Capitals seem to have had the most injuries that I can recall ever at one time on this this particular uh, Capitals team. So what is behind that, and what is the status of those players. When can we expect to see some of them players coming back? The Washington Capitals got some good and not so good news on the injury front on Wednesday as Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom keep taking steps forward while TJ Oshie sat out again, writes Washington Hockey Now. So these are positive steps. You know, when we looked at Tom Wilson, who sustained that knee injury against the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs last year, When you looked at it, it didn't look like it was that big of a deal. It didn't look like it was that big of a deal to me. I thought that he was probably going to miss a shift and then he was going to come back. But that wasn't the case. He did not come back at all. And as it turned out, uh, when they were talking to Tom Wilson, they weren't really just puffing smoke saying, you know, he might come back. Tom Wilson was trying to do everything he could possibly do to come back and help the Capitals in the postseason last year. He just couldn't do it. There wasn't enough strength in his knee. Uh, So for him to be coming back, you know, I've said this before on this show before, of the player of biggest impact, I would say it's Tom Wilson. His absence is the most noticeable to me. He's not just that tough guy. He is a 20-plus goal scorer. He's a leader, and uh, that's what the Capitals are missing. They are missing a bit of that intimidation factor. They are missing his 20-plus goal scoring, and at the end of the day, I think they are also missing his uh, leadership uh, qualities as well. 
So for him to be on the road to recovery and going in the right direction, that is a great thing. Same goes for Nick Backstrom because let's not overlook that at all. Nick Backstrom had a hip resurfacing procedure which has ended many different players' careers just altogether. Some players, they came back for a short period and then they had a quick exit and then their career was done. So for Nick Backstrom to be making this kind of progress that quickly, that speaks volumes of the person that did the procedure on him over in Belgium. And, uh, you know, just a really positive sign. You know, I think there are certain advancements in, in medicine and those kind of procedures that, you know, maybe it is an all doom and gloom. Maybe there is a possibility that Nick Backstrom can have a sustained career uh, in the NHL. That's what we're all hoping for. You know, I know the Capitals went out and they picked up Dylan Strom to be kind of a stopgap in Backstrom's absence, and he has done a great job, but he is still not uh, what Nick Backstrom is. He's done a great job, and I think he will still have a role uh, in the coming year. He's he's signed a one-year deal, so I guess the future for Strom remains to be seen, but in any event, to have him fill in for Nick Backstrom. He's done a good job. But back to Nick Backstrom in general is just his progress. This quickly, no one saw this coming. Everyone thought that he was going to come back at the tail end of this season or perhaps the beginning of next season. So for him to be trending in the right direction is just a really good sign for the Capitals and the Capitals uh, Capitals fans as well. Wilson upgraded to a regular jersey on Wednesday, which means he can now take part in contact and start battling physically in practice. Nick Backstrom remains in a regular jersey too and is cleared for contact. This is going way ahead of what anyone first thought, so really great news. Both of them were skating on combination with Ovi on Wednesday and uh, kind of brings back the line you know that we remember from before, Ovi, Backstrom, and Wilson on a line together. Is that what it's going to be when they come back? I guess that remains to be seen. Um, you know, I've seen Kuznetsov being that top line center. We've seen Strom in there. And then of course, Sherry on that top line right wing. So what is it all going to be when it all shakes out? Once Nicholas Backstrom comes back, once Tom Wilson comes back, that is going to be an interesting thing. But the Capitals are definitely missing them out on the ice. What are they missing? They're missing Nick Backstrom dishing those really great passes to Alex Ovechkin. And, you know, he has assisted on more Ovechkin goals than anyone else. Um, again, I know they oftentimes don't play on the same line together, but for him to be on the ice, you know, with that high hockey IQ, just that really great hockey sense, I think puts the Capitals in a really great position going forward to do great things. Same goes for Tom Wilson. I don't know that oftentimes he's seen around the league as kind of just this goon, this tough guy. But when you have Wilson out there engaged, he adds a certain level of intim intimidation that you don't see in many other players. Um, and, you know, what is the difference between someone like a Tom Wilson and a Ryan Reeves or a Maroon, something like that? is that he can actually do a lot of the things uh, scoring-wise that those goons can't do. I mean, you took a, take a look at Ryan Reeves, and just the other day, there was that play where he just totally uh, laid out a player, uh, kind of an open ice hit, kind of unprovoked, and kind of just, um, it didn't really make sense why he did it. That's what Ryan Reeves um, excels at. He's kind of that junkyard dog. He he can make those big physical hits, but he doesn't have that goal scoring to back it up. I would also say that Ryan Reeves doesn't have that those leadership skills. So for Tom Wilson, who is kind of a multi-dimensional player, uh, you know, you take what you look at him, 20 plus goal scores, that intimidation factor. And my 
view is that he will one day be the captain of your Washington Capitals to have him back out there in Backstrom. Those are two really key pieces uh, coming back to this team that I think that ultimately will help solidify them and help in their winning. Because, you know, for the longest time, the excuse on the Washington Capitals was they're not playing great because they're missing all these big pieces. The Capitals are finding a way to win games now, um, even with a lot of the different players out of the lineup. So to add Wilson, to add Backstrom into that mix can only make this a super group. And uh, I kind of really look forward to seeing what the Capitals have out on the ice once they return. All right, so after the break here, I will talk about the latest with TJ Oshie and Alex Alexiev. What is the status of their injury? When can we expect them back? We'll talk about that next. Online.net is your number one source for sports, betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Capitals game like the Capitals take on the Senators or the Capitals taking on the Jets. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about the myriad of injuries facing this Washington Capitals team. What is the progress of some of the biggest players? When can we expect them to return? In the first segment, I spoke of Nick Backstrom. I spoke of Tom Wilson. When will they return? What is the status of some of the other players on the Washington Capitals? And just taking a look, uh, one of the other bigger players of impact is TJ Oshie. You can draw lines to the success of the Washington Capitals when Oshie is in the lineup. I spoke about this in yesterday's podcast, and it is true. The Caps lost a bunch of games with Oshie out of the lineup. He returns. They win a bunch of games. Is there any you know, connection you can make there? Sure there is. Alex Ovechkin, who is the captain of your Washington Capitals, has said the Caps play much better when TJ Oshie is in the lineup, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Alex Ovechkin, the captain of your team, making those claims, those accolades. Um, I don't think that you can really underscore what kind of player he is. I think that he just brings so much to the table. So we are hoping that TJ Oshie is able to come back soon. You know, the big thing about Oshie is that he likes to play much bigger than he is. That's that's kind of the name of his game. Uh, but the thing about him is he brings the intangibles. He brings a high hockey IQ. He's a great guy in the locker room. People just love to be around TJ Oshie. He's a positive influence. Uh, you see in the post-game press conference, he's always usually smiling and has a positive attitude on things. That is infectious for the guys in the locker room. So even if they're not playing well, I think that 
to a certain extent, Oshi brings that, you know, things are going to be all right, guys. We have what we need in this locker room to win games. And then they execute. There's just the belief that they can do it. Uh, and, you know, the statistics are there. The analytic, uh, analytics are there. When Osh is in the lineup, the Capitals play better. And that's why they are missing him. And they really hope that he can return soon. There was tough news, though, as T.J. Oshie missed practice again and did not skate. He is still dealing with an upper body injury he suffered back on Saturday against the Toronto Maple Leafs, writes Washington Hockey Now. The 35-year-old back-checking and pulled up in invisible discomfort and soon left the game using the boards to help him down the tunnel. Laviolette said that Oshie will miss the next two games instead of sticking with a day-to-day status on the Oshie front. Lavulette said the Capitals will reevaluate where he is after the Christmas break. So again, that is a big player uh, that the Capitals are missing from the lineup. But another big player um, is one of the guys they picked up in the offseason. As we know, the Capitals did not give qualifying offers to Vanacek. They did not give them to Samsonov. They went out and took the snow globe and shook it all up and said, we're giving the Capitals a whole different look in net. And they did that by signing Darcy Kemper, who was the biggest name free agent on the market. They weren't done there yet. They could have gone with Vanacek or Samsonov as a backup, but they wanted to cut ties completely with that uh, tandem that gave them inconsistency the two years before that by signing Charlie Lindgren, you know, kind of a bit of an unknown commodity, I would say, around the National Hockey League. In his short stint with the Blues, he won a bunch of games. Same goes for when he played with the Thunderbirds. The St. Louis Blues AHL affiliate did a really good job. And, you know, when I first heard they brought him to the team, I was like, well, who's Charlie Lindgren? Um, And then you kind of do some research. I did a player profile on him last summer. You realize that he has just a a really great uh, sense for what he's doing. He's not just a backup goalie. And uh, we've seen that as Capitals fans, haven't we? We've seen him step up admirably in Darcy Kemper's uh, absence. And it's always been my belief here that uh, I know you can put labels on certain players and the labels on on the net-minding tandem for the Capitals is that Darcy Kemper is number one and Charlie Lindgren is number two. But I think those lines have become a little bit blurred based on the play of Charlie Lindgren. Um, he was an NHL first star of the week. Um, that's not just for the Capitals. That's all of the NHL, a backup netminder winning those kind of honors. Do you really want to take him out of the net just based on the fact that he holds the title of the backup or the number two netminder? Uh, It's always been my belief that you should keep a netminder in there as long as they're playing well. The hot hand, keep rolling with them. You know, and the detractors, the people that come in say, well, do you have any idea how much we're paying Darcy Kemper to be in net? I get that. And I'm not saying there's a battle in net. I've heard a lot of the different uh, uh, beat writers that cover the Washington Capitals say that there should be no debate on who the number one is. And I'm not saying there's a, a debate. I'm not saying that at all. For me as a fan, I'm saying that the net should be Charlie's until he proves otherwise. I don't think that we should go back to Darcy Kemper just because he holds the title of the number one. Why do you want to, you know, kind of slap Charlie Lindgren in the face and kind of, you know, say, well, you know, kid, you did a good job, but now we're going to give it back to Darcy. Um, So until he proves otherwise, until he proves that, you know, he's not up for the challenge, it is my belief 
that it should be Charlie's job until then. But on the Darcy Kemper front, Darcy Kemper is cleared and a full go and is likely to get one of the next two games. Lavulette said the team is playing things by ear with splitting the games between Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, but Kemper said he expects to get into one of the next two in the back-to-back against the Ottawa um, Senators and Winnipeg Jets before Christmas break. Um, so, you know, uh, ultimately, I, it's, I don't want to make too much of it. I think that Darcy and Charlie Lindgren are both two really great netminders. I don't want to read into it too much. Um, but, you know, again, my, my belief in this whole thing is that the net should be Charlie's. He should get the starting jobs until proven otherwise. I understand there's the back-to-back coming up. So that is going to be an excellent opportunity for to prove, uh, you know, who is ready for it. You know, you give a game to Charlie, you give a game to Darcy and kind of see what shakes out. Does, does Charlie have a better game than Darcy? Does Darcy have a better game than Charlie? And then kind of go from there. But to hang on to these titles... Um, I think is a bit ridiculous. So it is going to be interesting to see, you know, the Ottawa Senators who are not playing that great this year. And then you have the Jets who are playing above average, um, considering, um, you know, historically who they are. I think that the Jets are playing pretty good, all things considered. So it is going to be a good litmus test uh, in a lot of different ways. You know, what is the resolve of this Capitals team? Can they continue to keep winning games even when facing adversity, you know, you take a look a lot at a lot of the games that they've played when they've been playing from behind, they kind of just, you know, they kind of shut themselves in and just, you know, wait for the game to get done. But the Capitals of late, when they've been playing from behind, they found a way to push out and say, no, we're not going to lose these games. We're going to come back in. We have what it takes in the locker room and they have that resiliency. They have that tenacity to find a way to get back into these games and win these games. So that is going to be a good test as a team as a whole. But to bring it back to the netminders here, it's going to be a good test for Darcy, who has missed a substantial amount of time, and Charlie Lindgren, who has played great in Darcy's absence. So it's going to be a good test, and they're going to have it soon as the Capitals take on the Ottawa Senators here Thursday night, and then they play Winnipeg coming up as well. So it is going to be a good test, uh, the Winnipeg Jets on Friday night, that is. So that is the, that's going to be the test for the Caps going forward is to see what they have. They have been able to string together wins here uh, coming off that five-game winning streak and that kind of thing. But can they continue to do that? Can they continue to string together uh, games? I think they can do that on the backs of their netminders in Charlie Lindgren and Darcy Kemper. They just really kind of hope that Oshie's back in there. Cause like I spoke of the Capitals play that much better when Osh is in the lineup. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about the status of Peter Laviolette. He is the winningest U S born hockey coach. And, and, and yet there is still some debate about there. If he's fit to be the head coach of your Washington Capitals, We'll talk about that next. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you start calling for a ride and you think to yourself, nah, I'm okay. I can make it home okay. 
what are the odds I'm going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst thing that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you lose your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers, uh, police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about the status of Peter Laviolette. Yes, Peter Laviolette, who is the winningest U.S.-born coach. It doesn't seem like there should be any controversy around the future of Peter Laviolette. If you're asking for my take on him, I think he is a great coach and he has done the best with what he's had. He has had, had to be the head coach you know, with all these injuries facing the Capitals. I think he's done a good job. But this article in The Athletic, it was a mailbag thing to Tarek Elbashir. I'll read the question and see what he, and I'll say what he thought, and then I'll give you my take on it. But my belief on um, Peter Laviolette is that he has done an excellent job. And I understand why Brian McClellan was one kind of non-committal. He didn't want to say that, of course, uh, Peter Laviolette is going to come back. What if the Capitals nosedive? What if they face palmed? What if they lost and they didn't even make it to the playoffs? So he doesn't want to make those type of assurances um, if he doesn't think that the, the Caps are going to do it. I remember at the beginning of the season, GM Brian McClellan seemed pretty confident that Peter Laviolette would be extended at some point this season. Do you think that's the case? And he said, with wins in seven of the last eight games, at least a point in 12 of the past 16 games, and some key players working their way back from injuries, things are looking up for Laviolette and company. That said, a ninth straight playoff berth is anything but a lock. Entering Wednesday's game, the Caps were tied with the Islanders for the second wildcard spot, and the Isles holding a game in hand. That's a long-winded way of saying, well, it depends. And of course, they don't want to give the assurance that Peter Laviolette is going to come back to this team if they do not meet their objective. And what is that objective? It's not making it to the playoffs. That is a good thing. It's kind of a given. It's expected for the Capitals to make it to the playoffs, period. For them not to make the playoffs is just kind of earth shattering if you're a Caps fan. But the big thing for the Caps is to make it past the first round. They have not made it past the first round since the year they won the Stanley Cup, which was in 2018. So it has been some time uh, since they've been there. You know, you take a look at last season, the most recent uh, season of record. You know, they kind of were up against a wall right away when they were playing the Florida Panthers. It didn't really just seem like they had enough in the tank to, to take down the Florida Panthers, and that's why they made an early exit. That's why they were setting up tea time. But there are some differences, and you can contrast those between this year and last year. What are some of those? The netminding situation is the biggest difference for me. You know, inconsistency is what Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek were labeled the entire season. So to have the consistency of Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, it kind of changes the outlook. It changes, you know, what this team has. And then considering 
all the players that are going to be coming back by the playoffs. By the end of the year, you're going to have um, Nick Baxter, you're going to have Tom Wilson, you're going to have Oshie. All these players will ostensibly be back on the team. Um, so that's the difference. So, you know, it's bringing it back here to Peter Laviolette. He has done the best with what he has been uh, made available. If the Caps qualify and make a run and management opts to keep much of the core together, then sure, I could see the sides come to an agreement on an extension. But if things go sideways and management wants to go younger or simply in another direction, then no, it wouldn't make sense to me and maybe not to Laviolette at either. So yeah, a lot is riding on what transpires in the coming months. Um, this is going off a little bit longer on a tangent, but after a few years of doing mailbags, I find it interesting that fans like certainty. They ask who's going to be the coach over the next few years, which players are resigning, which players won't be back, management, etc. It's just really kind of too hard to say who is going to be the head coach of the Capitals the next few years. I mean, you don't know that. You can sign a head coach to a five-year contract. The odds that that head coach will live will play out the duration or coach out the duration of that contract for five years is just not the nature of the beast of being a head coach anywhere, really, in any professional sport. It is a win-now thing, and if you don't win, then you're out. The head coach is always the fall guy, and why is that? Oftentimes they do that because Brian McClellan, you know, and GMs, you know, if they have to answer to ownership and they'll say, you know, Ted Leonsis sits down with uh, Brian McClellan and says, hey, how are those Capitals doing? You know, they didn't play so good this year. You know, what's going on here? You know, they always go to the playoffs. Say the Capitals don't make it to the playoffs. Then, uh, you know, uh, Brian McClellan's put in a tough position where he said, guess what I did, Ted Leonsis? I fired the head coach. I took care of it. You know, I think a lot of times it's a knee-jerk reaction to kind of just say, that's what I did to it. Who did we hire to replace him? Um, we're going to find someone, but we got rid of the head coach. Um, I wouldn't be so quick in, in a hurry to want to move on from Peter Laviolette you know, if you're a, a fan of hockey, if you're a fan of the Capitals, you realize how Peter La Peter Laviolette has been handicapped all season. He hasn't had all the tools in his tool set to help his team win. It's just the case. You take a look at Oshie missing a lot of substantial time, Wilson and Backstrom and Darcy Kemper and Alexiev, and just the list goes on and on and on. Uh, players that have been out of the lineup, Martin Faravari. Um, Dmitry Orloff, there's just been a myriad of injuries facing this team. So, I mean, you can only do so much. You know, it's like a carpenter building a deck, but you took away his screw gun, his nail gun, his nail apron, and said, what are you doing? Why aren't you building the deck? You're the carpenter. We hired you to build this deck. But you're like, hey, I, I, don't, I don't have all my tools. And they're like, whatever, just build that deck. That's what we're paying you for. Does that kind of make a little bit of sense to you? That makes a lot of sense to me. The carpenter can only build the deck if he's got the tools in his tool set. He needs the screw gun. He needs the screws. He needs the level and the saw. You take those away from him, what is he? Take a look at Peter Laviolette. What is Peter Laviolette when you take away his key pieces? Is he still getting that deck built? Is he still getting the Capitals to win games? Yes. But, you know, give Peter Laviolette a bit of a break, you know. If, you know, I think that he's an excellent coach. I really do. 
Um, I, I'm not so sure about some of his assistant coaches. I don't really like the way they dealt with that when he was first brought here. Um, he wasn't allowed to bring in a lot of, you know, probably assistants that he wanted to bring in. It was kind of like, well, we're going to hire you as the head coach and, you know, we're going to save some money by keeping the other assistants around here. How many years has Blaine Forsyth been here? He's been through a lot of different capitals administrations. I mean, we're going Barry Trotz in, in Reardon and, you know, He's been here a long time, suffice it to say. So if they're going to make some changes in the offseason, you know, the, the Caps have struggled in certain facets of the game. I would almost experiment with, you know, maybe getting rid of, you know, replacing some of the assistant coaches, you know, if they're not living up to their potential. Um, again, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. The Caps are playing well. If they make a good push, say they make a deep push, say they win a Stanley Cup, then this whole conversation is for naught because most likely they will want to continue in that, you know, particular path. They're going to want to keep winning. So that is my take on this that, you know, Peter Laviolette is doing a great job. He is doing the best with what he has. And let's see what this team looks like by the end of the year. That's the measuring stick. That's the litmus test. Once you have Backstrom and Wilson and Oshie and Orloff and everyone's firing on all cylinders, then you can make an accurate assessment of what your team really has in the tank. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now makes Locked On Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local experts and national experts. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. My name is Dan Holmey, and as we talk about what's coming up on the upcoming Locked On Capitals podcast, we are going to cover next, of course, the Capitals versus the Senators. The Capitals are hoping for a big win, and I will break down that game completely for you. We're hoping for a, a big win as they take on an Ottawa Senators team that's not playing that great as of late. All right, I'll talk to you next time.